Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is ValueSide. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. Well, today, as a consequence of Gaza. Well, regrettably, the events unfolding in Gaza increase the probability of a conflict that lasts for not months or years, but for generations. I know that many hope and pray that hostilities will be over shortly. Unfortunately, that does not appear likely. On October 7th, Hamas engaged in one of the most brutal acts in recent memory, the terror attack on the tribe of Nova Concert near Kibbutz Ben-Eri, just three miles from the Gaza Strip. Hundreds were killed in what was perhaps the worst terrorist attack in Israel's history. By all reports, the Hamas attack was a complete surprise to the Israelis. However, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was quick to respond, taking to the airwaves to proclaim Israel's counterattack, called Operation Sword of Iron. Bombing strikes were ordered to take out Hamas headquarters. Netanyahu vowed, quote, to turn all the places where Hamas is organized and hiding into cities of ruin, calling Gaza the city of evil. He went on to declare, we are at war. The question is, what kind of a war? And the apparent answer from both sides is unlimited. Neither Hamas nor Israel have many qualms about including civilians in the death and destruction of their conflict. Here in the West, we've come to view modern warfare as a series of precision strikes aimed at military and strategic targets alone. Television shows those carefully aimed targets exploding just the enemy while avoiding any nearby collateral building or presumably people damage. But that distinction between civilian and military has been obliterated by both Hamas and Israel. Hamas took no such caution when they attacked that music concert. They just wanted to inflict as much harm as possible. Likewise, Israel has shown no restraint in its indiscriminate bombing runs, nor in its severing the water and power from the Gaza population. It is a conflict utterly devoid of the sensibilities and constraints of modern warfare. And herein lies the historic dimension of the war. Many of my fellow citizens view this as a soon-to-be-settled dispute, thinking that the United Nations resolution and a set of peacekeepers on site would resolve the matter. Unfortunately, that will probably not happen. Analysis of this sort overlooks the very unlimited nature of this particular war. The strategies and objectives of this dispute are very different than anything we've seen before. We should take Prime Minister Netanyahu's words at face value when he says that he wants to turn the citizens of Gaza into ruin, we need to understand that he means it. Well, some say that it's no big deal. It's what the U.S. did to Dresden, Germany in World War II. They are picturing a rebuilt Dresden like the phoenix that was able to rise from its ashes. But like many images of war, this one is only partially true. The weeks and months the citizens struggled to remove the debris and rubble are missing from today's visions of Dresden. How they worked to return to normal 
a struggle that took years and years. A decade after World War II ended, replacing that rubble with new modern office buildings and the like was becoming relatively easy. But historic Dresden, well, that's a different story. Those classic, graceful edifices that gave Dresden a distinct personality, well, that's a very different story indeed. It includes the Dresden Opera House, the Palace, and the Frankenkirk, the city's central church. It took 70 years to restore the Frankenkirk when few were left to remember what the church looked like before the bombs fell. That's the kind of legacy that Israel is inflicting on Gaza now. Just a couple of months into this conflict, and already Gaza has lost a university library, three museums, the Church of St. Prophyrus, and the Great Mosque of Gaza. Like Dresden, the ruins of these historic places will be etched in people's minds as a constant reminder of this 2023 Hamas-Israel conflict. The memory of this war will last a very long time. Finally, Emeritus Professor Elon Adar of Ben-Gurion University points out what may be the most long-lasting strategy of the war. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Israel is pumping seawater into the vast tunnel system under Gaza. As Professor Adar points out, the adverse effects of polluting fresh water with salt water could last for generations. How harmful the effects will depend on how much seawater was pumped into the Gaza aquifer. But the danger to those who live in Gaza is genuine. As Adar points out, quote, As a citizen, despite the disaster that we experienced on October 7th, I still think that in the long run, and we have to think of the future, it would be politically and morally incorrect to have a thirsty neighbor. And we have to think of the future. That's a perspective that few involved in this fight have currently. The sad reality is that no matter how this war evolves, we will live with the consequences for years, if not decades, to come. And that's today's Value Side. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. Value Side is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own. <laughs>